Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. It's going to be a good one, guys. It's Please Advise, episode 190. And we have on someone who owes me an apology. Um, and I did not want to have him in my house when my famous friends were here on the last couple episodes. Yes. Um, just didn't feel right to Was me. not appropriate. Couldn't, yeah. Like, you, you don't reward bad behavior. No. Um, but Greg Lisi is here. Um, you I a won't, good run. I don't know if there's anything you want to, like, say to Please Advise Nation um, regarding you know, your attempts to get me involved in gambling. Yeah. Um, Basically, I tried to hook malls on gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's an extreme hobbyist. Uh, I recommended a gambling site to her. For the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl. She's a Pats fan. She would have won that bet, by the way. I'm not really. She a f- put it in. Yeah. You're by default, you're a Pats fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's in my blood. Um, and I guess the site was based out of New Jersey and only valid for residents of New Jersey. So, And I almost lost $1,000. <laughs> Here's my question. Yep. Did you participate in that site, Greg? No, I used sure a different didn't. one. And I told her I used a different one, but the other one I use is less reputable. Like, the, it's a brand name one that I referred her to. Um, but so, I won. And you know that I have a history of gambling in my immediate, fa- or I'm sorry, addiction in my immediate family. Um, actually, my sister did love Las Vegas as well in her heyday. So maybe there was some gambling involved in that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's not, um, with me, it's not like everyone else. Yeah. Like, you know, when you, when you try to encourage someone, I think that everyone heard that I had a really hard time um, with those scratch tickets that really affected me. Yeah. And um, I've been on the edge. Um, Teachable moment for and, me. Uh, yeah, I think that like, you know, it's just about being responsible with words and knowing that, you know, when you're friend, to be a friend, to friend, show up for a quote friend. Unquote. Yeah, for, you know, that's, well, now that's my mistake. I've realized, yeah. you know what I mean? You have to, when someone, you know, tries to bring you into the danger zone, um, you know, that's not maybe a friendship that you need to nurture because um, right. they're not nurturing you. You know? one day I'd burn you. And it's yeah. my it's my spirit, you know, to nurture. So right, I right. expect that from others. Um, but he anyway, is a Leo. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. I so I knew that was coming. I did know, I just didn't know how it would show up. Um <laughs> but I am a Christian woman. Um, I'm forgiving. Um I do believe that everyone it's possible for redemption for everyone. So I I did I got I got something for you. <laughs> wow. Um Pulling a gift out from behind her back. Um, you can just maybe I'll just do a little bit of it's bubble wrap unboxing here myself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I trust Greg to do this swiftly. Do you need me help you or no? I got it. Okay. 
okay, this is something I thought, I thought you needed maybe something like this in your life. It seems like you're lacking a certain <laughs> level of spirituality. Um, and in, um, oh. in the vein of, um, you know, mistakes we make, um, forgiveness, uh, you know, being a flawed person, knowing that you're not perfect, yeah. but always working on yourself to better yourself, to live a better, more full life. Um, I've decided that maybe you need to be presented <laughs> with Countess Luann <laughs> on a prayer this candle. Is beautiful. It's her mugshot on a, on a prayer candle. Oh, my God. She so, does look like Jesus. Yeah, I think it's it's time to set some intentions before you light that. Do a little prayer over it every day to be uh, to show up <laughs> for people in your life. The patron saint of uh, money can't buy you class. Money can't buy you class. And uh -oh. also, you know, reinvention. Yeah. You know? So this is going to be sort of like a BL for you were BL before and now it's AL. Before what? Lou, after oh, Lou. Oh, before. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was BL before Lou. Yeah. Oh, this is the mugshot too. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. If you had been listening, I actually said that. Um, yeah. So well, that's another quality just, in friendship that I look for. I was for. overwhelmed. We'll, uh, we'll work on you. We'll work Greg, on I'm you. I'm fucking with you. But, we love Greg, guys. I do. I had a birthday party and invited like four people and Greg was one of them. And his wife, of course. Yeah. That would be so weird if I iced out Tori, who like used to work for Hello Giggles. I'm like, no, 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 just Greg. Tori, you if you can make have it. that like where the spouse, you're like, you're like, oh, the spouse is more interesting than the person I'm actually friends with. Unfortunately. Not to say that this is what's happening No, no, here. no. That's not this at all because I actually love, I fucking stand Tori and right. I always have. Um, she was one of my favorite. She was probably my favorite Hello Giggles intern we ever had. I love Taddy too, but she was closer with Sophia. I don't know her well enough, but I will say I enjoy her Insta stories. She's great. And um, great remodeling on the house that's going on over there. Greg. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's always looking for something to Are you remodeling or redecorating? Like, redecorating. Oh. More, yeah, more rearranging. I like yeah. a little fret. My mom used to move the house around all the time. I did win four more auctions yesterday, including a lot. Hell, yeah. Of $25 a pop, 70 pairs of Disney-branded flip-flops um, coming my way. So what I want to do with them, this yeah. is my thought. Take them down the community pool. Take them down to Santa Monica Beach. Flip them for 15, 20 bucks a pair when people are desperado. This is what I've been like hearing from her lately. She's just like flipping situations. I also like, I have an Ariana tickets. Grande ticket, baby, yeah. that I can flip. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, you're always oh. just like looking for the know what I'm She's a scalper right now. now. I'm buying, I'm buying you them out of state. being friends with Moss is like, it's getting a text message at like 8 p.m. That's like, you know what? How we can we make you make us some money? Why don't we do this thing? Yeah. No, I already today have like sold Christine on two business. So I've got seven active, active <laughs> listings right now on StubHub. I got Ariana Grande at the forum. Uh, Jennifer Lopez at the forum. Those are going big. And then I thought, you know what, where can I really get some Jennifer Lopez action? Didn't go to Houston. Those were too expensive, but I got a couple in Dallas. Those are marked up probably 300, 400%. Uh, wow. I, and then I thought, you know what? Luke Bryan in Boston. That's going to be an event. So I got some Luke Bryan tickets. I got four of them. Two I'm giving to my mom for her birthday, but then I'm making double on each of these. So that's a free event. This is, it. This is all the time. You run like a very low-end hedge fund. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> a squeeze at the Orpheum. Those are going like crazy. And then um, I, I decided to get even more creative. I bought some John Mayer at the Bridgestone Arena in Tennessee last night. Um, also, I got two John Mayer at the Forum. Those are already going. They were, I think, you know, $90 or maybe $120 a piece. $4.95. 
I'm moving them for a pop. You can see, you hear all this, you think like, oh, this person would love gambling. I should introduce them the game. Yeah, but like, like, this is the kind of gambling I like because worst case scenario, what I want to do, and Christine and I talked about this the other night, I think that we should run a contest for Please Advise Nation where people record like five to 10 minute voicemails with like reading an essay that they wrote about what makes their best friends special. It can mm. be a sob story. It can be a story about the craziest night of your life. It can be a story about the time they showed up for you in a way that you least expected it. Like, I love a good romantic friendship story. Absolutely. Like, like I, I, Christine and I wax poetic about each other on, all the time on this show. And I know <laughs> every single one of you out there has a best friend that's like Christina or a Molly to you. And I, uh, I want to hear from you because what I want to do mm-hmm. is I don't know if I want to do this state by state almost or if I want to do it like just one quick shot. But I figure like these can be episodes where we put them together yeah, and then we like, have yeah. you vote. So I'm thinking if we do Dallas or like Texas, for example, these Selena tickets, transfer that right over to you. Mm-hmm. So like I'm thinking we maybe pick a couple states and like events we want to do or I'm thinking we say we'll send you to a concert with like any tickets cheaper than 50 bucks. Because like that's GA more than a lot of shows. Yeah. Anything I buy on Ticketmaster, baby. So what do you guys think? Should we do it state by state and like pick a few states where we have our biggest listenership? Because we have like a infographics basically of yeah. where our biggest listenerships can, are. Let's please advise the side. Maybe I'll pull it up a poll or something. Yeah. This episode comes so. Out. First poll, do we do this as with state by state? Okay. And can you get your state to listen the fuck out of this show so then maybe you can be on that list? Or should we just do a one fat one time thing? I think it'd be tighter for more people to win. Yeah. You know? And like also like shout out. Then we could Yeah, be let's a- uh, exercise our coastal elitism here. And we could find out like where our real fucking fans are yeah. because then then maybe we can go do a live show there. Yeah. Where is please advise me? Yeah, Nacion. Where, where the uh, the analytics say, but yeah. it's funny. Oh, can like, you reveal the top five states? I could. Yeah, we should could I, do that. I, I know California's the... one. I think New York's one. Yeah, I Massachusetts. Let me see. Hold on, I was not prepared. Texas. Just give me a second. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, talk amongst yourselves. But um, okay, Greg. Um, are you watching any shows right now? Can we talk about? Just like I'm off Vanderpump. Why? Yeah. Why are you off Vanderpump? I'm just losing steam, baby. Like I, I'm not. It's like the same thing every time. And like I never saw this for myself. I feared this day. I, I don't not watch Vanderpump. I just like care about it the least. Like I get to it last. Basically, it's like same thing. Sheena's a traitor. James, like, what are we going to do about James? Raquel's a bimbo. Stasi, like, is in another codependent relationship. At least this one appears to be healthy. Um, Kristen is in a fucking messed up relationship. Tom and Katie could not hate each other more. Jax mm. is acting like a fucking pathological liar. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? Tom and Ariana up to their same tricks where it's like, we're really happy. We're a great couple. Stop asking us about marriage. It, the plot lines don't change. I would love to talk about the situation with Ariana and Lala in the back of the car. Oh, yeah. And that's tough, too, because, like, I know both of I them. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but additionally, like, it's kind of like a who cares 
thing like where it's like I don't want to be like oh my god like Lala ate out Ariana I think it's more interesting that they're both in relationships and we didn't know that they were open relationships right that's I'm wondering did Tom Sandoval approve like give approval like this is okay to happen well because the guys were like yo why didn't you jump in and I think he was like I couldn't jump in and I thought about that because he's like no man I couldn't and I don't think it was like he wasn't allowed like I think in his mind Like, a threesome can be a very dangerous thing if it's not, like, all parties are approved on it. Because then Randall could be like, oh, you were fucking my girlfriend? And then Ariana would be like, oh, like, you wanted to stick your dick in my friend, too? Like, you know, at a certain point for a guy, like, if you're going to let it happen, just fucking walk out of the room. I don't really have a problem with that. I think the Kentucky Muffins situation with Kristen and Brittany was, like, that was a little more scandalous to me. That's right. There's been, yeah. Because Britney is so, like, Lala and, and Ariana are not traditional women. You mm-hmm. know, they're very, like, modern. Some would argue Lala's the least woke person on that show in a lot of ways with her whole, like, I'm going to bust a cap in your ass shit. Like, you're from Utah, honey. But, <laughs> excuse me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot this is all fine. She'll be like, I'll fucking yeah. bust a cap in your ass. If you fucking come towards me, like, I'm Lala, bitch. Like, she really, like, has. That oh sort of like hip hop influenced Daddy. spirit. She's quote unquote about that life, you know. But I also am like, but you weren't born in it. Like this is the thing that you're comfortable in now. It's like you're not you're not about that life. It's street cred, like because yeah. like you know she does she has this like thing where I could see she would be very like attractive to like black men. Like she has this like she has this like look and like. I could see her fitting into almost any situation. She's one of those people that like she's so positive to be around. Okay. That I think no one would turn her away, but she is also like a music video girl. Like right. that's kind of who she is in her heart. Yeah. What's her yeah. name? Okay. I'll look up. Lala Kent. Okay. Um, but uh yeah, I don't know. Like that is is less interesting to me. I think Bethany on I'm like uh, to move it away Bethany on Real Housewives with these dentist reveals are killed yeah. okay this is my impression Serious. it's like it's like I don't know like I got a call from his daughter and she was like Dennis is dead and I was like what I just like screamed at the phone like what and I'm like first of all my thought is like his your his daughter just called you like why are you having this reaction in front of her right you know what I mean I yeah. like saved that till I got off the phone but She's like, and it's just like, he's dead. And the woman who's gone, it wasn't perfect. It never was perfect. We were engaged. We were in love. We were going to get married. And like, it's like, ring on my finger, ring on my finger. And now he's gone. He's dead. He's like, I'll never have him again. I'll miss him. It was so complicated. And it was like, I'm like, was this, that's not a normal train of thought. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't go from like, I'm never going to see this person again to, I'm going to disclose to the nation that I had a, a 10 carat diamond on my finger. Like you saw that ring. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a fucking cocktail ring. Yeah. Um, so, and then she wore it to the, the magazine party. I'm like, that would be in like my safety deposit box or like in a very special area of my home where I visit like my special trinkets. Yeah. <laughs> you don't wear that around town to a paper magazine party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very, I'm just like getting to it last. I watched Shrill and I loved that. I watched Pen Fifteen. Oh, that was so good. And I loved I that. Really loved Shrill. Mm-hmm. Loved Shrill. I watched it in like 
I was disappointed with how quickly I watched it for yeah, a variety of reasons. Yeah. One, also, surprise, Leslie uh, cameo in there. She oh, I know. I know. I know. It's like a pleasant surprise when that happens. I know. Well, that's uh, that's a perfect Leslie. Like, Leslie yeah. is that perfect actress. You're like, oh, my God, you're in this? Yeah. Like, fuck. Hey, girl. Yeah. Um, she did a great job. Yeah. yeah. She was in, like, the scandal pilot. Oh, really? Leslie Grossman. And yeah. And Tori knows her, too, and she had the exact same reaction. She was like, hey, yeah, Leslie Tori, Grossman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tori, I think, helped with uh, her and Ed's live stream thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Because we met Leslie through um, Jim Gibson and R- Richard Rushfield, yeah. who are like really old friends of ours that went to school with Leslie. She was like Richard's uh, sister's best friend growing up. So like okay. we actually met her in such a strange way. And then like thankfully like she came into the Hello Giggles fold and like she's just fabulous. She's been a guest on this show several times. Very lovely. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. I saw her at the Countess Luann Cabaret. Oh, nice. Um I, I love the everyone, commercials for the cabaret. All, all the gays and gals were out that night. Like, if there was a gay man <laughs> or a woman who works in media that I know, they were there. Yeah. Um. So I can tell Christina's been chomping at the bit. Yeah, I know. I have an Is update. this a Lala thing? No. Oh. That was interesting. I was, like, diving into her Instagram, which was interesting. But this is an update. Okay. I was actually able to uh, figure out what it, it – it goes by cities, not state. Okay. So the all-time listens per city, number one is Los Angeles – Number two is Chicago. Yeah. Number three is New York. Love. Number four is San Francisco. Okay. And for some reason, this segments out New York from Brooklyn. So number five is Brooklyn. Great. I guess I would consider that part of New York. Yeah. Uh, And then after that is Portland. Let's hit as many of our top 10 as we can. And like, if you live in San Francisco, maybe we'll just send you $100 of rent money because you don't need a ticket to anything. Probably you need rent money. The one after... uh, Portland was Mount Laurel. Mount Laurel, Mount Laurel New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. is it all Greg's friends? <laughs> no. Whoa. That's, yeah. And where Austin, Texas, where are you at? I, Malls I know. talks you so up weird. all the time. It's so Her weird. Favorite I, city. Oh, it's way down there. I've Where's got the stands in Austin. You know what? Here's what freaks me out. The Mount Laurel of it all. Like, I literally once figured out that one person I know listened to one episode of our podcast five times. And I don't know how I was able to figure it out. It was that I may forget it must have been we were on something else. But I figured out that one person listened to one episode five times. (laughs) How do we know that this isn't just one person who re-listens to us over and over again? In Mount Laurel? Yeah. Because it's like 10,000 times. It's like a 10,000. Maybe she just keeps that shit on silent and, and just lets it <laughs> play out. to us. For our listeners. Yeah. Like she's just like, let's boost their numbers. With Mount Laurel, is there a school there? I don't know. Is there a school there? Um, <laughs> you, I mean, Greg, no, no, the no, expert like in everything New Jersey. I yeah. I don't know. Step forward, Mount Laurel. Who Actually, are yeah. you and what do you want with us? No, I'm really thankful for you. Thank you. Oh, it's a suburb of Philadelphia. Oh, so it's so... Ew, you know what's so scary? That could be like my dad, dad's other children or something. Oh, it's an edge city suburb of Philadelphia. Yeah, like that could be like some fucking... I mean, I don't think I have other siblings out there, but I wouldn't be shocked. What if I have some fucking freaky ass relatives out there trying to suss out clues? Yeah, it's like fascinating. They're coming for my money. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hustle. Or maybe, like, there's just people that, like, they're working class people that really need business tips, and I just give so many. Yeah. That could be it. You are very profitable. 
Not really. We'll see. I'm working on it. I like want to become um, a millionaire so many times over that it's like dumb and and that I have to like give half of it away to live with myself. Well, oh my God, we had someone call or this woman I know wrote to me and said that when we did the Britney Ever After Lifetime movie, it's, she said it explained a lot for her because she was out of the country for like 10 years and oh, then came wow. back and was like, what happened to Britney Spears? <laughs> and she said, I had no idea about any of that 2008 stuff or any wow. of that. And I was like, can you imagine? What's like the cliff notes of that? Well, like thankfully we were going off of a movie and yeah. like this, I have that encyclopedic knowledge. And the other person was like, is, is very like Andrea Siegel. She's just very like logical and like discerning and like whatever. So there was some stuff where she's like, Molly, like that couldn't. That's not relevant. But Brittany, uh, yeah, they, we, we got a guide. We had a guide to go off of to loop her in. But, like, that's, like, scarier. That's, like, the, that's like coma levels of, like, not knowing. That yeah. is a coma. That's a pop culture coma. Yeah, because, like, wherever she was, they were not getting info about Brittany. Um, let's take imagine, some calls. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine this was, like, growing up without television. Yeah. Like, Oh, wait. Can I pose another pop culture question? Yeah. I tweeted about this yesterday. And the tweet, like, it had a little moment. It's got, like, you know, 25 retweets, 500 likes, something around that, which is, like, a lot for me. And um, I tweeted that I hope somewhere out there there's a pop culture professor who's, like, really I was going to respond to this, yeah. How horny America was for Hey Ya by Outkast. Yes. And how it, there's never been a horniness since for a song like that. And, like, people were, like, oh, I'm going to, like, have to bump on that. Like, what about, um, like, uh, from the windows to the walls? What's that Lil John song? Yeah. Or, like, Get Low. She's, get low. like, it was something like that. And then another person was, like, well, what about Call Me Maybe? I'm, like, no, 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 no. Mm, you don't no. understand. Racist uncles would watch this shit and talk or, like, listen to this shit and be, like, it's influenced by the Beatles. Like, this is, like, one of these great songs. Like, your grandma was shaking her tits to it. Yeah. Like, there was not a woman, a, ch- a man, a child, an animal that did not love that fucking song. And by the way, it had a good year and a half. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, everyone like quit. Uptown Funk? No. Sorry. Mm-mm. Get out of here. Happy by Pharrell? No. Sorry. Bye. There has never been a song that got our nation more horny than Hey Ya. The closest thing is maybe... And it's not close, Despacito. I was going to say, yeah. that's another one that if someone argued that, I'd be like, yes, because it also was such an international hit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but America, horny, horny, yeah. horny, horny for hey. Well, I think it's actually like the flashpoint of where like pop culture started to like buy, like, d- like become so splintered. And mm. like Daft Punk started to blow up around then. Yeah, because like, I was like, oh yeah, Lost started shortly after that and that was like the last time I can remember like everybody coming together to talk about a TV series finale in a way that yeah. we haven't seen since. Big like that too. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like early 2000s. That makes sense because the music video was such a big part of that song too. That Speaker was, Box yeah. Love Below is a fantastic album. Oh, mm-hmm. I'd like to say something. Hey, that fucking... Coont over at Jezebel who wrote something saying that Jagged Little Pill is not a good album. You're out of your fucking mind. And like, by the way, the hill to die on. The amount of like offense that causes amongst people who are deeply affected by that album and still love it to this day. You're dumb. 
Why would you do that? Is that worth like the byline and the clicks? Like really? You have to put that out there? That is such a negative opinion. And of course, of all things, it's like that was like a young woman speaking truths on an album. And like how dare you work at just like Jezebel and like fucking minimize the import like to give a singer-songwriter that voice, that was like almost Joni Mitchell-esque for her time. Like she really pushed through on a movement on such a huge commercially successful level. Like there's a few other artists of that in that vein, but like if we're going to like hold up certain albums, Jagged Little Pill is better than anything Jewel put out. It's on par with anything Fiona Apple's put out. It's one of the greatest albums of all time. And I was so fucking pissed. So did you actually click on it? I well, I like wanted to like, well, everyone was talking about it and I wanted to be like, what is this woman's point? Yeah. Mm. Right? Like I thought maybe she was gonna talk did you about click? No, I have yeah. better better click discipline than Molly. Well, I mean, yeah. I love that album. And like yeah. the fact that this was even a conversation, like other people seem like desperate to fit into the combo and were like, you know what? I did a recently less recent re-listen and I have to agree. Like it's not yeah, great. I did a fucking recent re-listen. Yeah. I do it two times a month. Like, name a better activity to me than laying on a yoga mat in your living room doing mushrooms to Alanis Morissette Unplugged. Name a better activity. You can't. It's the most spiritual shit. It's so raw. It's so real. And I don't even think it's necessarily about me having been a teenager when that came out and it being such a formative album to me. No, yeah. It doesn't touch like the miseducation in any yeah. way, but it's up there in terms of autobiographical music from a woman at that time. It just wasn't happening the same way as it was. It really was almost like a Joni Mitchell breakthrough moment of like, whoa, we haven't heard this voice and style ever. Um, so to that person, I like to say, oh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I don't know what point you have to prove. It sounds like you, you know, like you and your husband listening around, picking apart Alanis Morissette, a young woman at the time in her art. There are better people to go after in this world. Like, I would like to see a case made for the fact that R. Kelly's music isn't that fucking good. I believe I can fly. That song has given me the willies my entire life. Mm-hmm. Gives me the willies. I don't need a man talking to me about that. His belief he can fly, grow up. That is so weird. Ignition's a banger, but like yeah. keep it on the download is a banger. But for the most part, R. Kelly's not that great of an artist. Is there an album that's like well beloved that's like completely overrated? Most Radiohead. I so agree. Yeah, I, I like not in, ra- I knocked, yeah. In, in Rainbows knocked. I like that, but that's the only one. Yeah, some people get really. Uh, offended when you knock Radiohead. I don't yeah. go around actively knocking Radiohead. And also, yeah. gonna say Pearl Jam, not for me. I, I completely agree. Also, yeah, yeah. Willie. They're in the same bucket. Willie's. Yeah. Like I, I'm more offended by the the odd patience people have for white man rock <laughs> versus yep. Alanis Morissette. Yep. Like you can't take down Radiohead today, Jezebel, but you're gonna take down Alanis Morissette, a woman who's done more for like young female singer-songwriters, like Kings of Leon. Like, really? I have to spend more time with Kings of Leon? Like, no. That was a good album. Like, the Your Sex is on Fire yeah. one. I guess I'm a little like, does anyone else remember Corey Kennedy? She was like one of the first like it girls of that generation, like the Cobra Snake. She was like the Edie Sedwick of like the Cobra Snake generation in LA. And um, 
she blew up because when she was 14 years old, she snuck into a concert and like the famous first photo of her is her like French kissing the lead singer of the band yeah. at 14. Wow. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so do you guys want to take calls or what? Because I could just like sit here and shoot the shit with old Greggles and Christine's all day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Get in. Hey, Malls, Christina, and guests. This is Morgan, and I was just calling um, because I wanted to ask Malls. I know this happened, like, a while back, but what do you think about the breakup of Trisha Paytas and Jason Nash? Um, I don't really, like, follow her super intensely, but I like watching her Instagram stories. And I heard, like, some random podcast she was on that was kind of old. But, um, yeah, like, why do you think they broke up? She never really talked about it. Okay, bye. Did you guys understand any of that? No. <laughs> okay, so Trisha Paytas is one of the most iconic YouTubers of all time. She actually had, I think, like, the 16th video that was ever uploaded to the site. Wow. Oh, that's um, impressive. And she vlogs, and she does YouTube videos, and she also, like, vlogs, meaning, like, day-to-day stuff, and then also, like, sit-down videos. She's famous for mukbangs, which is, like, eating on camera, like, grotesque, grotesque amounts of food. Um, it's like a tradition that started in Korea, basically, because people, they have the largest single population there. Um, and people feel uncomfortable eating by themselves. And so people will put on these videos and like basically feel like they're eating with a person. Oh so um, that's been like a phenomenon for a while. And she got into these eating shows. Um, and now she also has a Patreon that is like her nude photos and like more erotic videos and um, like Q&As and stuff like that. So Quite the evolution. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the amazing thing about Trish is that she is like a cockroach and I, in a way that I say that as a compliment, which is that she's never going to – like she's constantly evolving and never going to go away. Yeah. So she started dating this guy, Jason Nash, and I feel – I looked into a couple videos when we got this call because I was like, I want a little bit of info. So. Yeah. So Jason Nash is like – I've actually only heard the nicest things about him from people that know him. So I don't think this is like an indicator of who he is as a person at all. I think this is more about who they were as a couple together. But Jason is like a guy that he was a stand-up that didn't really work out for him. He wound up getting divorced because he started to take off on Vine and was doing very well with it. And it was the first time that he was receiving like money for being creative. And he really loved it. And then he sort of like got into vlogging and he fell in this uh, into this group of kids, right, that are like they're all in their 20s. They're called the quote unquote vlog squad or whatever. So Jason's mm. like the token old man in this group. And a very common thing with YouTubers is to fake a relationship, which like go get another YouTuber who needs like a plot line basically and they're in a relationship. So Jason initially sought Trisha out pretty like he was bald about it, like where he's like, I need a YouTube girlfriend. Um, and he winds up working with Trisha and then it started to become something real and it became a real relationship and Trisha is known for her kitchen floor exposing videos so like after she breaks up with someone like she had a guy very famously like she found out that he was gay and he and she found out because like a video of him kissing another guy at a gay bar like came out and she thought this was like a whole relationship thing turns out he was a backup dancer for Cher too like it's it was kind of funny because it was like oh trish um but 
anyway, so she and Jason start dating. And, like, at first it looked like it was all Trish and, and like, her crazy and her baggage that she brings into relationships. And, you know, slowly for me it, it became an issue where I started to feel like Jason was, like, hampering the spirit of, like, who she was. Like, he was, like, really holding her down because, like, you know, he just, like, was, like, your eating's unhealthy and, like, you know, you're so, like, over the top with your spending. And, like, it's kind of just, like, well, that's who she is. So if you want to date this person who we all know to be this person, you have to, like, accept that. So I guess they kept making jokes about, like, a threesome situation or something. And I don't really know, like, what that was, but I think that, like, Jason kept making jokes about wanting to have a threesome with like a younger YouTuber and she had asked them to stop doing these bits in in the videos and he didn't stop and they broke up and Trisha came on totally tear stained and said basically Jason's a fucking asshole he's a manipulator he's a liar he's a piece of shit his ex-wife is a monster um you know his this kid, David, that, like, does his videos with him. She's like, David is, like, basically Ted Bundy. Like, um, she also revealed that one of their friends who's in their 20s was dating a 17-year-old the year prior. So she, like, dropped bombs. And then there seemed to be, like, a makeup between them. And they came out with a video together that really bothered me. For the first time, I was like, oh, like, my suspicions that Jason is bigger a problem or the biggest problem in this relationship are pretty apparent. And basically it was like explaining to you guys like what happened. And like he was basically like, you know, Trish, she like took it, you know, she basically spent the whole time saying why Trish took this wrong and what's wrong with Trish that she felt this way. And if she felt like I made a joke that was inappropriate, like I own up to that. And it was so um, – it was like an adult trying to explain away behavior to children while also gaslighting someone in front of them and they just assuming that the children who watch his videos don't have the critical thinking skills to realize that what he's doing is actually being the abusive person. So if you want my theory – That was on, a great recap, by the way. You're welcome. So if you want my theory on what I think is going on here – is I think that last video was an agreement between them to clear the air. And they've never really addressed plainly that they're broken up. And I do think that they came to some sort of agreement where he might have said something to the extent of, you know, I'm not against us maybe ever getting back together, but if you talk shit about me, that's absolutely never going to happen. Right. So I don't know if that's the case, but I have a feeling because of like who I know Trish to be, she was probably, probably the best way to get her off your case is to give her hope, right? Right. And for the last like month, she has been, she's done eating by 4 p.m. every day. She hits the gym. She's been working out like fucking crazy. She's drinking a gallon of water every day. Like she's, and part of me is like, oh my God, please don't be doing this because Jason told you like if you got fit. Like, that would help. Because yeah. like her, her eating has always been an issue in the relationship, even though she eats for a living. She's yeah. very good at it, and people really like it. So, um, oh, wait. Do you remember on Beverly Hills? Do you watch Beverly Hills? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen all of it. When but. Rinna and her daughters went out with Erica Jane, and her daughters were like, we love this girl on YouTube. She, like, eats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Trisha. Oh, okay. So, um, 
And they're all so confused. They're like, yeah. What? And they basically have like two huge audiences. Like, there's probably 8 million subscribers between the two of them, plus like all of their friends. Like, Trish is very good friends with Shane Dawson, who has a huge audience. Jason is friends with all these kids who have like, you know, his best friend has like 12 million subscribers or something like that. So, um, my, that's my opinion is that they came to some sort of agreement probably under the guise that maybe they would consider getting back together or you know I don't think she would take a payoff she doesn't need the money she makes more than most of them I've heard somewhere that she makes over 10 million a year oh. um, and a lot of it's from her private chat snapchat um, Jesus yeah because she has like a like a $300 like a thousand dollar tier where she can like they have her personal phone number Wow. Yeah. So um, anyway, I just think it's really I think it's I think it's honestly two people that were not right to be in the same relationship together. They're also two people. It's not difficult to see what enjoyment they would find out of each other. Like, you know, they both seem like funny, fun people to be around. So they probably didn't hate being around each other. They just weren't meant for a relationship. And I and I just want to you know I do like think that like I've I've heard the nicest things about Jason, um, but I I was like you know I've never really liked the husband that's like Ugh, get a load of her like you know what I mean like see what I live with like I've never liked that because it's like don't fucking hate on your spouse like that like I do that sometimes she does it too though but yeah, yeah but like yeah. You, the no, way I- you do it is very different because it's very clear you love each other Got like it. this was always like. It was very like, because she wouldn't do it to him. Like, it'd always be like, right. this fucking crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at this fucking lunatic I put up with. And it was very like uncomfortable to watch. And he fought on camera a lot. And like, the fights were always about things that like are so delicate to argue about, like weight, like health, like spending. Right. Especially when you guys don't live together, don't have merged finances, you know, like you're, there's no engagement. It's not like you're saying like, I don't want to have see you have a heart attack because I want to spend my life with you. Right. right. Like, if you don't like someone eating too many chicken nuggets, fucking break up with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely, like, seemed to blame the relationship on, like, some of his physical decline. Like, he looks a lot older now. He it wasn't eating right for a long time. That all shows, right? So, yeah. But, like, that's not – if you uh, – like, if you fall into a pattern with someone and – you take on their eating habits, that's not their fault. No. No. You know, it's like, it sucks. It's a reason to maybe not want to be with someone because you're like, whoa, this is bringing me down. But if they're happy with it, right. let them be fucking happy with it. Is her um, private snap like erotic yeah. based? And is it food? Erotic. Is it like no, food like fetish her, erotic? Well, like, erotic so it's her Patreon. So she has levels where it's like you get like uncensored videos where she probably like says more than you can on the current YouTube algorithm demonetization system. So you get like more pure videos. I think she does like non-sexual stuff. And then she also does like a podcast with her mom um, that goes up. And then she has her private snap where she does like, like nudes, more like explicit nudes. And then she does like videos where she's like in full agent provocateur, like crotchless lingerie with like her tits out. Wow. She has big fake tits and like she got liposuction, had the fat from her stomach put into her ass. So like she's very shapely. It seems like she didn't need to go into the nudes. It was like she already had 
a she, following. But. That's well, she started out as an erotic dancer and then oh, she okay. became mind. an escort because she was getting hugely famous clients. Like she um like is the first to say she's banged half of Hollywood. Okay. And like she, like Jason said it in one video. He's like it sucks because like you can't watch TV with her or movies with her cuz like <laughs> The biggest stars in the world will come on the screen. She's like, oh, yeah, I fucked that guy. Yeah. And it's like, there are, di- you know, like she owns it. Like she's not ashamed of it. She <laughs> loves it. She loves her tits. She loves her ass. So she might need a guy who's like slightly into cuckolding. Jason didn't have a problem with her n- no. her nudity. That's just basically like he didn't want his kids on camera with her because like she's associated with that. Right, right, right. No, I meant like the possible like yeah, yeah. you talking about the difficulty of watching TV without her being like, oh yeah, fuck that dude. Like, like someone who'd be I really think, into Oh, I don't yeah. think that yeah. bothered him. Yeah. I don't think that. No, but I'm oh. saying alternatively, I think it's something that would really work for her probably as someone who would, who would be Certain into guys. That. Yeah. Well, it's also scary to think about the guy, like the type of guy that's into someone who's done that because it's like, what are you really here for? Yeah. You know? Like, I think people, I think there are just people who are interested to hear sex stories from their spouses or whatever. Yeah. Well, who knows? I just, am, I love Trish and like I definitely see like behavior from her that I understand why people feel the way they do. But I also feel like I've seen pure moments from her where I'm like, you would be so lucky to have a friend like that. Yeah. Like she real. I'm like, she's a good ass friend. So, you know, I don't know, America, what do you think? Um, I do want to say though, one last time that like, I literally have never heard anything but the nicest things about Jason Nash from other people. Yeah. I'm I'm going off of like what I've seen on camera and my opinion of that. I think that all of those people are very, very talented and they deserve big things. So all of that said, like I'm responding directly to the YouTube drama that was posted to the internet and like not an overall comment on who I think these people are. Right. Because like I've always wanted to talk about it, like do like a Patreon episode for like the EBP network or whatever um talking about it but I just have never like wanted to like slander or like say something about someone that I've heard such good things about because Mm -hmm. two things can be true and exist at the same time like you know you could fucking be weird and and a little bit messy on some ways in the internet and you could probably be the nicest people that some people know yeah so yeah anyway um that was like a me question so let's do something we can all do i feel like i've talked this whole time i'm gonna go find a working jewel as well um but let's hear our next call okay hi malls and christina um i was just listening to your latest episode and um the girl had the dilemma about like whether she should be upset with her mom for not inviting her to her wedding and then I forget who, but someone said, like, at the end of the day, weddings are for you. Um, That is BS, and I know this because I've had a wedding, and it's not for you. It's a trick. It's a scam. You know, weddings are just, like, a big, huge money pit, and at the end of the day, it's not for you. It's for everyone else, and the reason why you – do all of that stuff and decorations and music and blah, blah, blah is for the guests, not the person getting married. Okay. Just want to clarify that. Thanks. Bye. 
I mean, that's a take, but like it's I'll be honest with you. I'm not married. It sounds like a little bitter. I realize that a lot of people have like married like sorry, not marriages, weddings that are large for their parents to like appease their parents or because there's some sort of social construct in your environment that you feel like you have to live up to or whatever. Um, you always kind of hear the regret, right? That's, that's on you. Like if you felt like you had to do that and that was for everyone else, that's on you. Actually, everyone gets to control the temperature and style of their wedding and who's invited and who's not invited. And that's what I mean by when I say it's for you, it should be for you. And I feel like what I'm hearing is resentment for having to do that for other people, maybe still being in debt from it. And like, I hate to say this because it sounds like shitty, but that's a you problem. That's not the truth yeah. about it. Like yeah. that might have been your experience. It's not the truth. Now, Greg had a huge fucking wedding. Did you? Oh, no, it wasn't huge, but it, it looked extravagant. It, yeah. I mean, it was how, how like, many guests? it was only like 130 only like something. Yeah. Okay. But um, like they had like beautiful, like all your like leading well up to events. Decorated. Yeah. All your leading up to events looked chic and expensive. Corey looked great and everything. Like every white dress this girl had for every brunch, everything else, she looked perfect. Like I know. Well, this is part of. Um, well, yeah. So our our wedding was in Phoenix. Most of my guests were flying out, so we say, "Oh, all these people are coming. We need to have a certain amount of events for them to do because they're flying all the way out here on their own dime and all that kind of thing." So. I, I agree with a lot of her take, though. I'm not like that. She did sound a little bitter about it. But the wedding is like supposed to, I agree, to to some extent, entertain your guests and be for your guests. If that's the wedding you choose to have. Yeah. Because her mom chose to have a wedding without guests. And that was her whole problem. Is like She's like, oh, my mom's getting married without me. And I'm like, no, she's doing a solo ceremony with her and her husband. That's the wedding. Right, right. You know, so this is the previous call she was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. she was giving yeah. feedback, yeah. and she's like, "On the yeah," and it's like, "You guys did that." I remember also. I think it was like Tori's mom really wanted a big wedding, right? Uh, well, I think it was. Uh, this is another thing with our wedding. Like both our moms had like different takes or expectations on what event should be. Um, you know, people overstepping their bounds and what their roles are. Us, the biggest mistake with that we did was trying to make everyone happy and possible. Learned a lot from that. No longer do that. Right. Um, I feel like people come away from weddings with like big lessons like this. this and it's yeah. always yeah. like, I spent too much. I did yes. too much. And it's, there's a reason why like people who get married later in life have smaller weddings because yes. we can both A, assert our needs that way in a way we can't in our early 20s. Right. Also, additionally, thinking about the fact that if you're getting married in your early 20s, your parents are footing a lot of the bill versus you're paying it for it Oh, yourself. yeah. That's yeah. When, you're, when your families are paying and contributing, you feel like, well, I should bend to a certain amount of what they want. Like they're being this generous. And yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, bargaining and uh, I have to you know. say though this like her POV sounds very privileged to me because like all of the stuff that she's talking about having and needing to have and like all these ways of like appeasing the guests again that's on you yeah um and I did think she came from it at a, at a perspective of like no 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 this is how all weddings operate and are expected not true. to operate and it's like no it's not true it's just simply not I've been to like beautiful backyard weddings where frankly I don't think they gave a fuck about us at all 
Like I've been to weddings where the money has been put in all the wrong fucking places and it's annoying. I've been to <laughs> weddings where things were so over the top. I've been like, how are these people going to fucking pay for the rest of their lives? I, I've, been to, I've been to every wedding under the sun and I will tell you, there are options that you can choose and not all of them involve you being like being the last person whose opinion matters. Yeah. Like that's a choice you made. And I'll tell you that like if on the off chance I ever like decide to marry someone, that wedding will probably cost less than $1,000 except for my dress, which will be fabulous. Um, but-, <laughs> but I don't know if that's what she's saying. I think. I think maybe she's just saying she's still the one making the choices, but she's like making the choices with guests in mind. Right. But this woman did not have guests at her wedding, period. The the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so and. and, okay, Yeah. I'm not factoring. Yeah. It's like that's the original call. Like, sorry. Like, it's like she it was almost like, oh, you're missing the whole truth. Well, actually, I think you're missing part of the truth. Yeah. You know, which is that it sounds like you had a wedding that had a lot of expectations to it. And I think that that's I think that's a weird thing to put on a wedding day. I think it's a weird tone to start a marriage on. I feel very sad when I see brides that are fucking exhausted on their wedding day, Mm -hmm. aren't enjoying themselves, like have more complaints walking away. Like I didn't even get to talk to this person. I didn't even get to eat my dinner. Yeah, that's no good. I paid all this money for my cake and I didn't even get a bite of it. Yeah. That is actually, again, sorry, that's on you. You chose to have that wedding. Like if you are, like the reception is where you should be having fun. Like I understand getting stressed out about like the ceremony and stuff like that. But if you're not having fun at your reception, I feel like that's doomed. Those are the weddings that people at the end of the wedding, they don't have sex their wedding night. Oof. Those so are many weddings. people don't. Yeah. It's so many. It's insane. And it's because they're fucking exhausted from like the, you know, the whole pomp and circumstance of it all. It's a little bit fucking much for me. I just like, this is not also, this is the we other thing. The when record. you say it's not for you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? We did have Okay, that's right. Like that's I, non-negotiable. Greg's like we banged. Right. Like, uh, I'll never forget Jackie Johnson being like, "I gotta go and fuck my husband, y'all." Like at her wedding reception, <laughs> and I was like, "I don't think I've ever heard it put that plainly." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I also want to say like you're right. It sounds like your wedding wasn't about you. It was about paying vendors, and the wedding industry is here to rip you off sweetie it's that's part of the contract it's like it is absolutely a racket it's like it's like the valentine's day thing it's like they make you think you got to spend all this money on this day and you don't actually have to so it sounds like if you're tied up with vendors and a guest list and making everyone happy and like this that and the other thing making sure that the china matches the fucking wallpaper that is like that is your that's the wedding you chose and the wedding this mom chose that's about her honey it was it was about you to have the type of wedding you did if you didn't if you let your parents hijack your day what a what a weird choice to start your relationship on is like um the first day of the rest of my life i would like my parents to be in charge of me like <laughs> i could see depending on what age you get married not yeah. have learned not having learned that lesson yet yeah uh not, I mean, you're, I, no, I, I couldn't I mean, say I you do. Like, <laughs> when I was younger, I probably would have wanted that bigger wedding. Yeah. But I also know that I wouldn't, 
I would never I I would never put myself in a place where I would feel almost resentful towards the event because I personally got so little out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. your day. Yeah. And that's what Tori and I made it a priority. Like we'll deal with all the stuff like before, but once everything's happening, like we're in the moment, like, yeah. not like worrying about if something is going off without a hitch, like however it unfolds. Is- and They'll that, hide yeah. that from you pretty well. Yeah. Usually too. Wait, yeah. Did you yeah. guys have a sweetheart table? Or like um, a- yeah, we had like a like a bridal party thing in the front of the. But then you two had your own table. Yeah, but we were like in the same row. I as like our- that though when it's like when the couple has their own table. Oh. I think that that really is symbolic to me of what's actually going on that day. Like I do love a full yeah. bridal party at the front. That just also feels very eighties to me. I know. I that was so eighties. Like them on also like almost a riser. Yeah. Like but on I, a dace. I, yeah. Or but a day, it's exactly like a fucking roast or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like when you get to a point where it's like you're more worried about your fucking best man giving a bomb speech. Maybe that's why then, best men speeches have turned into roasts because we're setting this expectation. Well, with, like, you and I space. had this conversation many times where I think that that maid of honor speeches have always suffered because they're expected to be sweet and like give a very like touching like yeah. when we were growing up yeah. like type thing <laughs> and then the guy's like oh oh let me tell you about my brother Johnny like oh like he used to fucking put his penis between the couch cushions you know and like everyone's like ah and it's like no like I really think I told you Christina gave <laughs> like you know what I Christina mean it's never always knew like that stories trick. like she- that <laughs> that's the story that you run I'm saying like it's always something like humiliating. Like that just is what came to mind when I'm like, oh, how do kids like how do kids like fucking laugh about what they used to do together? Brothers and sisters like, oh, I walked in on my brother one time and he like fucking was kissing his like, you know, G.I. Joe. Like it's just something stupid. Right. So I I you gave an amazing speech at Heather's wedding from what I understand. And like my thing to you was I was like, I'm so proud of you because (laughs) maids of honor never fucking kill it in the speech. And additionally, like, I think that that is, needs to be a power women take back. We are so much more fucking funny when it yeah. comes to observational humor and, like, how people, like, grow up and what it's like to know someone over a lifetime yeah. and, every, and what matters to them. That shit is so ripe for, like, comedy. And being privy to, like, a couple's, like, relationship and, yeah. like, the, the side of, like, you talk about your emotions a lot as women. Like, you have that perspective. It's funny, kind of funny. I mm-hmm. truly think that there needs to be, and again... I'm going to pitch you another business today, a service where you can have, like, you can help people write their maid of honor speeches because we need a fucking fair That's game. That's actually usually we what gotta I teach, do. We got to teach women my, how to I help negotiate. my dad write his- his best man speech at my brother's oh, wedding, yeah. and I help my mom write stuff, and like that's just yeah. Like, so you should be charging speech writers. Yeah, like let's fucking do a consulting business. <laughs> we both want to do different types of podcast consulting. I'm yeah. I'm gonna start helping people. I got an approach to help a girl like develop her podcast concept, right? And I was like, yeah, I'll fucking do that. And she offered me an absurd amount of money, and I yeah. said, no, pay me a little less, and just like tell people that I helped you with this. Yeah, um, but. Shrewd. Yeah, what? Shrewd. Shrewd, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. We'll figure it this out. This is cynical to me. The best part this of your wedding is too. being surrounded yeah. by the people you love all in one place. That was the best part. And it was one of the best days of my life, and it ended up being all worth it for us. Yeah. And we, but I understand the sentiment. 
again, like you do want to entertain your guests. If you're inviting guests, you should be entertaining them properly. Right. I'm going to put you on the spot, Greg. <laughs> yes. Favorite thing about your wife that you love? Favorite Aww. thing about, oh, uh, sense of humor. Yeah. Greg's yeah. obsessed with Tori. It's like very sweet. It's very, very sweet. And she is very I funny. like hearing guys talk about how much they love like the women in their lives. I feel like, like their never... marriage I genuinely <laughs> am really not skeptical to be of. Sappy like that. I don't know. I don't know. I've yeah. like I've I'm not skeptical of their marriage and the longevity of it at all. Like I really do. Like there have been people where I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Like, you know, or you see them interact like before or after the wedding and I you're had like a feeling like that at one wedding where I was just like, This is mm. happening, no one's objecting. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. And like I would <laughs> love I was to in see. the bridal party. <laughs> I would so I love like, to see objections. Were you, were you like raising your eyebrow to people like I was like looking around the room. Really? Like it's not a good thing when like the bride almost faints during the vows. Because she's so stressed out. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I definitely was like, I can't be the one to do this because I'm in the bridal shower. Well, Christina, you also know that that's like from the 1700s. Yes. Like that's like when they were secretly first cousins and like someone had to be like, I object because their babies are going to have three legs. Like <laughs> that or like, you know, she was having an affair or he was having an affair or something. That I would love to see like videos of objections that like were not just like spastic moments of overreaction or a declaration of love from someone else. Yeah, because you just have to, you literally like, you have to say it so much before the wedding. Like, like, day of, not the time, honey. Too much money has already been thrown into that this. That was another one that was like an extravagant wedding where they like spent an insane, like I think they had a Rolls Royce drive the wedding couple around and while well, we were in a limo and I was like, where is this? There was a Venetian hour. Yeah. Like it was insane. Wait, what's a Venetian hour again? It's just basically like desserts upon desserts. Right. That's like some uh, of them are flaming. It's just like a, an hour of just yeah. desserts. Flaming. In retrospect, I'm You're thinking it's disappointing less. that no one tried to object. Yeah. Like with a big love gesture for yeah. either of us. That <laughs> I'll be nice. YouTubing that <laughs> later. Um, oh, do you want to take another call? We can do that, yes. Uh, like maybe something that's less of like uh, angry at us or uh, just for me. Hey, malls, Christina, Wags, and guests. Um, this is Vanessa. I'm calling for a little bit of a business advice. I just started my own little small business in my small town, and it's artisanal finds that I bring back from my um, uh, country, like my dad's side of the country, and um, yeah, it's been going great so far. Uh, I started selling my stuff at a store, um, a little cute small store that I really do adore, and I've shopped there for a couple years, and I became friends with the business owner, and she told me that my bags, I sell weekender bags, part of the artisanal finds. Anyway, um, she said it would do great, so I brought some of my stuff in there. I took inventory. I made sure what was in, what got sold, um, so it was doing great for like three months, and then um, I had to go back to Ecuador to find more artisanal finds. So I asked her if I can take out all my inventory out of her store, and I'll see what got sold, and I'll tell, and then let her know how much um, things would cost. So um, 
the first time I sent her the info, she said, great, I'll send the check in the mail and didn't even ask for my address. So that was one little bit of a red flag. So I sent her um, my address and I was like, hey, you don't have my address. So here you go. Like, check should be in the mail. It's been about two months since she hasn't paid me. Um, to make things a little bit more business, because I feel like since I just started my business, maybe she thinks I'm a little bit of flaky. I don't know. But I sent her an invoice to let her know that business is business and that um, I'd like my money back. After asking her three times, I have been feeling kind of lame because it is $102 that I'm asking for. Three items got sold. Um, I do feel lame asking for the $102, but I keep telling myself that this is my business and I should not be walked all over because I feel like I am. Anyway, um, so it's been a month now since I sent her an invoice. I still haven't received anything in the mail. Um, the most annoying part has to be that in my Instagram, I like to show stories of all the new inventory, especially since I got back from Ecuador about two weeks ago. I've been, you know, showing the new inventory, asking um, my clients what would they want, like new wallets or new coin purses, blah, blah, blah. And she has the audacity to say, hey, those wallets would do great in the store. Hey, can you get Hey, sorry, I think I got my message cut off, but I hope you did get that first part about um, my small business. Um, anyway, so after a month of giving her an invoice and coming back from Ecuador and selling all my um, bags, I mean, well, showing all my bags, she's been telling me that those wallets and coin purses would do great in her store. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, you still owe me money. Like, how am I able to do business with you? Um, also, I know a lot of other um, business owners that I'm friends with that does business with her, and I literally want to reach out to those people and ask them if they're getting paid or, like, if she's just, you know, flaky or untrustworthy. Um, but I haven't because... I want to remain professional, and I don't want to be looked at as someone who gossips, especially about money and business. Um, so, yeah, my question is, what do I do from here? Like, I feel like I'm paying her the $102 to never do business with her again, but do I keep reaching out to her even though I just sent her an invoice? I don't want to get, like um, – like lawyers or anything like that I can't afford that or even like I, that's like the last thing in my mind but it's getting to that point where I'm just like okay what do I do next um yeah so that is my problem um yeah my name's Vanessa and please advise uh like I said this is my first time doing like doing a small business and trying to work with someone in the town in my small town that I live in and right now I feel like I can because of her I can't work with other stores and it's ruined my chances to work with other small business stores um but yeah please advise thanks bye thoughts so I had a follow-up question so this woman is not just a regular customer she's just 
sourcing stuff from her to resell on her own? I believe she goes to Ecuador and she gets this stuff and then she's, it sounds like she's consigning it. It sounds like consignment of some shop. Yeah. Right. It's consignment shop. So like she's bringing it in and then the woman will take a percentage off the top of every sale. And then, and you know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how consignment works. My mom, my mom worked in consignment for a long time. She would consign things and she ran a consignment store and Sometimes there's a few ways it works out. Like um, it sounds like in this case, it's the more traditional route, which is the one I know, which is that you bring in a high-end item or an item and they agree to sell it at a price that you agree upon. They say, you know, we'll take 20, 30% or whatever, and then you can come pick up your check when that item's sold. Um, It's a very common practice. It's one that I have a lot of thoughts about um, because it can be good it can be fabulous. It can also be just very dumb business. Um, and I'm not calling what you're doing dumb. I just don't – I think you're new and, like, you don't see the possibilities for what you have. Yeah. But that's that's part of it. I, I want to let you guys talk about what's going on with the business end because I have a bigger picture thoughts about that in a minute. Yeah. I'm just wondering if it's, like <clears> – <throat> First of all, like the idea of going to a lawyer for this, this is like a small claims court situation at best. Like maybe hit up Judge Judy and see what's going on. <laughs> right. Like yeah. this is not. But I understand like wanting to establish like fighting for every cent because you put in the work of like discovering it. It's just like I don't know if it feel. I don't know if it's like worthy enough for the effort. <clears throat> it's mm. well, it's absolutely absurdly not worthy for the effort for $102. I know $102 is a lot of money. Yeah. But I think that what you did was you learned something here. It sounds like this woman is basically a fucking con artist. She has a lot of nerve to encourage you to stock more stuff with her based off of what's happened so far. I think you need to go into the store in person and have her write a check from the book for you. If she makes an excuse about why she can't do that, I think you need to let her know that you won't be selling with her anymore and that you can't recommend her business to anyone. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. you're interested to know whether or not she's done this to other people. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gossipy to go around asking people who also invoice with her and do it like, you know, be discriminatory when you, you know, with who you talk to about this. Yeah. But just say, hey, like, I know you've been selling with her for a long time. Has she ever been slow on payment? Does she owe you money? Maybe go to another new person and say, you know, has she paid you out yet? Because it's very possible that this woman is selling this stuff and then needs the money that she's paying for you to keep her store, that she owes you to keep her store going. Yeah. So, and that's a very, very common practice to sort of rob Peter to pay Paul. And then, you know, you wind up, you know, really suffering for that. Um, I'll just say it because I think that you guys can comment on this. I think that what you're selling, if for three bags, if your net was $100, it doesn't make sense to fuck with any overhead of, of a consignment store. You also said you live in a small town. And so my thought is how much reach are you getting with your product? You're also flying to Ecuador to get this stuff. So what's what's your overhead at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, that's number one. And then are you pricing accordingly to make up for that overhead? Um, if $100 is like an, an issue for you, it sounds like to me that there's there's maybe some pricing stuff going on that can be finessed for you to have optimal, you know, returns on this. But my 
my feeling is that this is something that should be going on eBay or Etsy where maybe they take a small like, you know, 4% fee or something like that. Um, I think that you'd reach a lot more people. I think there is obviously like a saturation, yeah, especially for international products because they are, you know, even overstock.com as like a world trade section where you can buy rugs that were made in developing nations, et cetera. Um, but I think that if you market your store to be like, I'm this American girl that goes back to my dad's hometown where we, they make things in a way that we just don't do it here. I'm going to be like your source for that. Have an Instagram that's laid out that like that. Have an eBay store. Have on your Instagram, have every single item basically like go back to a price tag or a way that they can buy it directly from right. you there. But there's too much social media it sounds like you're already good at that. You're getting that out there um, to not go ahead and put up an eBay store. Yeah. And, you know, we'll yeah. fucking retweet your store. Yeah. Um, but this is great for con- your consulting business. This yes. is also fun- falling under that umbrella. You see the like hustle wheels turning. Yeah. Here? Yeah. Well, this is a I great mean, resource you like, have. It's, well, here's the thing is that people take it. I actually was speaking to someone yesterday in a meeting who I was explaining my returns business. And he said that. You know, I was explaining why I brought on Stacy, which is basically because I know I'm not reliable enough when it comes to going to something I hate, like the post office, to yeah. make sure that customers are satisfied. Also, I'm like not great with math, and I probably would pay too much for shipping, and that would concern me about overhead as well. Um, so where I am right now is I hear from this guy. He's telling me, yeah, I had that that same feeling. I went to one of those eBay stores. Like, the story we sell stuff on eBay. I think there was a four-year-old virgin yeah, character yeah, like that. Yeah. So he took all of his stereo equipment. This is in Brooklyn to one of those eBay stores. A week later, he goes to like check in and see how it's doing. The store is closed. Ooh. And because of the paperwork he signed when he dropped it off, they kept it. Yeah. So <clears throat> a lot of these middlemen know that you're desperate to make things work for you. And so they're lenient. I think, you know, especially you're very transparent about what you want to do and learning and growing. And um, I think that sometimes it's easy to confuse professionalism with like being a little bit of a doormat. Like, you know, if you've ever said anything to this woman along the lines of, I really want to be professional. Like, this is my business. I care about it. Like, if you've been that direct with her about like your hopes and dreams for this, she might have pegged you as a doormat already. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate because people who are like natural swindlers, like that's how their brain works. They don't think like, oh, I can really help her. They think, oh, this is someone I can fuck around with. Yeah. Right. So don't deal with her. Yeah. How many people are really, what's the foot traffic after all that time, three bags? Like what's the foot traffic in that store? You know, and maybe your goods aren't as desired in the town that you live in as they could be everywhere. And I think that you have a really great opportunity to come up with a logo, put like a little, you know, don't just put it under your name, like create a name for it. That's like an essence. That's like, you know, something that has to do with that hometown and and your American vibe, like something um, that. Equicuity. Equicuity. Yes. (laughs) Greg. Um, Greg. But like, I, I think that there's like, that's exactly right. I've been sitting right. on it for five that's minutes. That's cute. Yeah. Equicuity. 
Um, yeah, I think it's like it's something that's common in any sort of business, especially like if you're a freelance writer, you've had yeah. to like chasing down checks is like a real part of like having your own business. Yes. Yeah. And, and also, like what's that website? Employee. Yeah. Um, the Latinx uh, business one. You, I you had me oh, yeah. follow a Twitter. I order from them actually kind of a oh, lot. Yeah. Like I buy a lot of Selena stuff. Yeah, so. it's an Instagram that uh, highlights Latinx businesses. Yes. So I can send you, I can recommend, I can send that. And and I that. think if you fill out, like, you know, you probably just have to send them your and stuff. And they feature new uh, Latinx business owners every uh, couple days. And they have like a whole website that's like basically a Shopify hub. Right. Of all these linking out to all these stores and stuff. Oh. And I assume you awesome. own an iPhone and like, or, you know, a cam, a phone that takes good pictures, like literally go get like a fleece blanket, like one of those ones that you get for like, um, like at the end of the aisle in CVS, there's just like randomly a thing of balled up blankets. Yeah. Go buy a soft white one and a soft black one. When you get your goods, take pictures just simply on your iPhone. You would be really, really surprised. I think people worry about photo quality a lot, but the more I've been in this eBay thing, we have really high quality photos. We get like, we, Stacy's incredible with photos, which is another reason why mm-hmm. like I need her to be quicker, but we talk about that. Um, but <laughs> Hang in there, Stacy. Greg, what's going to be your side hustle? Oh, are you kidding me? Stacy, are you kidding me? <laughs> Stacy's fucking fine, honey. Okay. She does not need your prayers. But um, my point in saying all of this is that you just take the pictures Put them up online. It is so much quicker than go driving to the store, filling out paperwork. There's literally nothing she can offer you that doesn't already exist. Consignment stores are yeah. for like jewelry that is too precious to mail. Yeah. That's what consignment stores are for. Sorry. Go ahead, Greg. Oh, uh, what did you ask me? I asked you um, what if you could have a shop, what would be your shop? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'd be a bookie. Okay. Oh, I <laughs> no, could see I that. I wouldn't actually do that. Talk about that's you really have to chase people oh, like, down. Yeah, like it. Molly's yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. You're really like that's, out in the street. I could so see Greg being Molly's game. Yeah. Couldn't you? He just has Greg's that. game. Yeah, Greg's game. <laughs> Greg's game. <laughs> that's so. That sounds so much lamer. And Molly's <laughs> game doesn't sound that great either. No. But Greg's game. Yeah. Wow, that's a vibe. Yeah. That's like that's literally like one of those video games where it's like a guy with a pot belly who's like the whole video game is like you're picking up pieces of his belly button lint and then like <laughs> the first level is just him getting to the refrigerator in his hoarder apartment. Like that's. Uh, excuse ju- me, I game. <laughs> um. I might just invest in Equicuity, though. Equicuity. Yeah. Yeah. Equicuity. Honestly, build out I'm not her. mad at it. Yeah. I really am not. We would love to help you with your business. You call yeah. the right people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, all of this stuff, this is, like, an amazing world right now because anything you want to learn, you can learn on YouTube. You can work out for free at home on YouTube. You can learn how to fucking weave on a loom on YouTube. You can learn how to properly garden vegetables on YouTube. You can learn how to. My dad fucking watches YouTube all day. Well, like, I just mean, like, it's like you don't even have to love it. Even if you don't even normally go to YouTube.com, it is actually a fucking wealth of resources of people who are experts in their field who want to share information. Yep. And, you know, don't. And now, this is the other thing. Be careful. Don't start paying people to teach you stuff. Like, don't ever do like a course like that. Like one of those, like, that's not, that's the wrong direction. Find a kind professor, a kind old professor, or like my boy, Franchise Kicks. He doesn't give away all the 
the things, but he talks enough that I know to go what to go research next, you know? But find someone who does what you do well and like watch them. Go, I mean, literally, with a mat and some elastic bands. My friend Winter tweeted this the other day. With a mat and some elastic bands, you can do a better workout at home in an hour than you could at any gym. Yeah. Like, you get so much done. There's no travel time. You're not self-conscious. It's the best. It's literally a great way. Are you still getting professionally stretched? No, I only do that sometimes. Oh, oh, when I, I, went, to, I, yeah. I went to Stretch Lab. Bond at Stretch Bond. I can't believe you remember Bond at Stretch Lab. It's like a steel trap up yeah, there, Greg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it's funny because um, I got a – when I was talking to my psychic the other day that I, like, got had a rare appointment with her, Carolyn Swift-Jones. Like, it takes, like, months to get in, but she had a cancellation. Um, she said to me, I'm seeing, like, issues with your diaphragm. Like, you need mm. to go to a massage therapist who's very skilled. Coincidentally enough, who am I back in touch with? Shawnee B. Oh, Shawnee B. Sean Bartholomew. Yeah. It's so hard when you see someone regularly and then, like, you don't go, but it's, like, not personal. Yeah. But, like, for one reason or another, you're not – like, my hairdresser, I'm like, Doris, I'm trying to grow out my hair. And that's the double-edged sword. Like, I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to dye it. I don't want to, like, over-trim it. I don't want to, you know – so, she, but she takes it very personally that I don't come in as much. And I know part of it's obviously a money thing, but I think some of it is like you build a relationship with these people. Yeah. Like I had a weed dealer in college, Rob, shouts Rob. And like he moved, um, he moved off campus, like pretty far from me. And there was another weed dealer that was way closer and like five bucks cheaper. But like Rob, like would front me. Like Rob and I would like hang out. Like when I'd come in, I'd be like, "What's up, Rob?" And like I always have nicknames for everyone, you know. So like I had a nickname for him and his girlfriend who went to BU. And like, what was um, it? What? What was his nickname? I don't remember. I think it was like something to do with his last name. Hmm. So I don't want to say that. Should just be shouts, Rob. Yeah, I just said yeah. shouts Rob. So yeah. um, listen, um, all this being said, fucking I hear from someone someday, someone yeah. this guy, I forget who it was, and they're like, hey, I saw Rob. I was like, oh, Rob. I was like, I love him. They're like, yeah, he's like really hurts. Oh, no. He's like, like he considers you a friend. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah. I guess, but like I, I didn't like, I just stopped. I like, I'm a customer. I thought yeah. I was like, you know, I mean, I thought I was like a fun customer, but like, um, and it like has stuck with me. Oh, wow. Like I still feel bad. <laughs> like I broke my weed dealer's heart. Oh, and I remember I like got on IM and I was like, Rob, I was like, I just saw so-and-so and they told me that you've kind of felt bad that I haven't come by. And I just want to let you know that, like, you're the man. You rule. I'm a little bit busier now. I'm a senior. Um, and I, like, <laughs> like just because I, I don't buy weed from you anymore doesn't mean I feel any less for you. Yeah. You know? So you got to, you know, it's, it's something, you know, yeah. these people in your life. Yeah. Do you have anyone like that? Well, I mean, I had – 
gone through that with a uh, barber, and then I moved. That's literally what town. I was going to ask you. I was like, "Is there like a Rudy's barber that you might have like left behind?" No, yeah. It, yeah, he wasn't a Rudy's guy, but now I have like the best. Well, we ask because your hair, hair looks cutter. like shit. Oh my god! How <laughs> you dare look great. you? You look great. Always. Blue. Her name's Blue at Rudy's. Shout out, Blue. Okay. Uh, shouts, Blue. Is it Blue Cantrell? No, no. Hit him up style. I would love that second act for her. <laughs> um, but she's great. She like never talks. She just likes to keep to herself while she cuts. And that's nice. Yeah. Have and, you heard of those like all silent hair salons? No. Like you can go in and you can specifically request a hairdresser that won't speak to you. Wow. Because like a lot brilliant. of yeah, a lot of hairstylists like some people go. I worked in a salon, so I know like some people really. Like they go to talk, like yeah, yeah. and then they go to hear. Like they want to hear the dish. They want to hear about the sex life. They There's wanna... also like an odd intimacy with the touch of a hairstylist. Yeah, too. and if you're coloring, you're there. Yeah, for a long time, and then also like so it's like you can have four hours with a person sometimes, and then you also like only see each other once a month. Yeah, so, it, so you have this like intimate conversation, but then by the time you see each other, you have you're. Like, I'm like, oh, are you still sober? No, like, you know, like whatever, like things like big mm. fucking shit come wow. out, you know? So, um, yeah. What, what, oh, what Greg's was I like, saying? I don't, I don't get so any of that. I'm no, I think like, Tori tells it. She came back from her hair recently and she was just like, I like her, but like I'm exhausted from talking. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's draining. It's hard because some stylists, they are, that's their personality. They lean yeah. more towards it. Some people are so used to it that it's an imp- – it's like an Uber driver. It's an impulse to do it. Right. And, like, sometimes – I sometimes you get an Uber driver who, like, won't take no for an answer on the talking. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I've had people that it's, like, I've been quiet, and then, like, they'll just keep going, and, like, I'll, I'll even be, like, I have my headphones on, and – I can hear them like talking to themselves and I'm like, if I just like act that I don't know that they're talking, maybe I'll figure out a way to get away with this. Then it always ends with me taking out and being like, I'm sorry, I haven't been able to hear you. I'm listening to my headphones. Yeah. Right. How brilliant would it be if you could literally just check on your thing? Like I'm having a silent day today. Yeah. Like even people who like a they won't even a send train. to you someone who does has a boundary issue. Yeah. Like it's like boundary boundary people only yeah. drivers like a boundary setting that's great that's yeah. the new that's the name of the service boundary do boundary. you take pools what Uber pools no I've never ugh no that's like I a, did one it I was a dollar seventy seven and it was late coming home from Silver Lake dollar seventy seven I had to try it I hated it I was drunk in a car with five people I didn't know and now they all know where I live yeah never again yeah, yeah. nope. No, thank you. I will pay the extra money to not have that. But Ed pointed out something smart, which is that Glendale, there's not a lot of people that pool here. So if you're moving within Glendale, you can usually get a solo ride. Yeah. But like there's that seems like a lot of going out of your way. Yeah. Like I'm not into it. Yeah. If there's four people in a car, that's easily an extra 20 minutes on your ride. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's why I don't like those shuttle services from the airports because I'm like, I just want to go to my hotel. Oh, that, well, that's because I don't want to drop 12 exactly. other people off yeah. along the way. After you've been in a can with yeah. like 200 people <laughs> for hours, the last thing you want to do is get into a shittier can <laughs> and then with your and bag when all you want to do is be home. Like after yeah. a long trip, fuck no. You've been doing Sorry. a lot of traveling though. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. sick of it. 
Do you have any travel plan this year, Greg? Um, going back to the East Coast at some point, but nothing. Um, the Beast nothing Coast. Nothing too exotic. <laughs> yeah. Earth. I have a please advise update. Oh, wait, sorry. Finish your sentence. Sorry. No, no, no. I, we were maybe. I have a I, friend who moved to London. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. Wait. What? You start over. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna start over. Okay. I just have a friend who moved to Lo- who moved to London. We were like, oh, we should go visit him while he's living in London. Oh, okay, so we're great. thinking about doing that. But now may have to do some yard work, so that might not be in the budget. But oh, you're gonna like spend money on your yard and yeah, I have to kind of redo some of the driveway. Yeah. Yard work. Homeownership, you know. Um, you- I have a please advise update. Th- Sorry, can yeah. I say this? Go ahead. I have a please advise update thing yes. somewhat related to travel. Do you remember years ago there was a girl that wrote in to us and said that she quit her job and became a nail artist? Yes. Because like of something that we had said on the show or something. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to Charleston North Carolina for like four days or South Carolina for like four days with Nicole, the producer on EBP. Yes. And we're staying in like this beautiful hotel on King Street. And sh- that girl and I have like DM'd a couple times and I want to have her come do my nails. She's That's in awesome. South Carolina. That's awesome. Yeah. So that might be cool. Guys, please advise nation. How about that update? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. We can maybe record a mini app. Maybe a mini app. Maybe get some shots of the nails so that we can put it on the Instagram. Yeah. We're actually going during during filming season, and I didn't realize that when I booked. And we're like on the street with all the bars that they go to. Sounds promising. Um, but I'm embarrassed because, like, first of all, yes, everyone sees them when they're in town. It's a small town, and they're very around. Um, but I don't want to be seen as one of those people who went there to see them. But kind of I did. Yeah. yeah. But I, not like all that. Like, I'm not I'm not doing that Vanderpump rules grind yeah. trying to meet Lisa, mm-hmm. you know? Um, sorry, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Travel. <clears throat> I cannot remember. Oh, I ruined it. Yeah. I think I was going to ask you about your house situation. Because, like, I know a lot of people who are getting into their, their first homes and stuff like that. I've never been in been, – I've never wanted to own a home. That's not, that doesn't really uh-huh. interest me. And, and I get why people do it. But um, the thing that always surprises me is how much people talk about the pride that they have in owning a home, but like not mentioning that they had like significant help in doing mm-hmm. that purchase. Right. Um, whether it's like a gift from a wedding or like a secret, like dead relative. Like that's, I knew someone who like was talked about owning a condo a lot and then come to find out she got half the money to put up for that condo because she had a rich uncle that died. Right. And like, I kind of wish people would be upfront about the secret money that they You guys talk about this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we had help and I still... Oh, oh, by the way, can I just say that like, can we point out that I did not have that help? Right. Okay. I just want to say that so everyone knows. You weren't in that circle. Okay. No, but you're right. A lot of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're one of those people that had help so if that's what you're prying for. Yeah, that's kind of what I was like, <laughs> prying for. No, 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 no. But I, like the, real, the realities of like a home ownership is like a lot of people, it can be as, aspiring of like, oh man, that's, but like people have help. I don't think yeah. it's wrong. Yeah, I can understand. I actually think it's great. And I really love like a parent that cares enough to yeah, like I'm not help their kids it. secure their future. But I'm 100% in agreement. I wish that it was like rich kids had to disclose. <laughs> like I lived in a lot of like, sadness for many years like watching my peers 
do seemingly the same or less work than me, but they were living in like houses. Yeah. At, not the ones that they owned even, just renting, which is like in, crazy in LA. It's yeah. like a lot of money. So I, it took me a very, very long time to realize that they all were getting help from their parents. And the reason why I wish I had known was not because like a judgment on that, but because I had been comparing myself so unfairly to them. Yes. Yeah. And being mean to myself over it. Right. It's not an even playing field for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's not what I was was just trying to say. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Check your privilege, privilege, Greg, guys. No, I don't walk around going like, hey, I got a house. Like I'm like still, I feel, I felt weird about it. Like didn't know if we wanted to accept the offer. You know, it's like, uh, like you don't feel like you earned it. There's that, thing. and it's like, yeah. oh, like, how do you pay that back? If you, right. I, I imagine you probably feel indebted to them in a way that you can. Yeah, yeah, that too. And you're like, well, it's it's Shy just gonna be like held over my head, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, it's interesting, but you know, they get, I get like, someone's parents worked hard for them. They want to work hard for you. Yeah. You pass along to your kids. You keep keep the train moving. Kind and of you thing. don't lie about it. Like, I mean, like, I can understand why not everyone, like, volunteers that information, but I also know people that, like, will let you go thinking that this was all them. That's the thing. It's, like, boasting about it in a way that's, like, that was all you, and you're, like, but it's not. Or even if other people say, like, your house is so beautiful, like, this is so adult, I can't believe you did this. Like, I think the cool thing to do would be, like, yeah, we had help from our parents. It was, like, they're really amazing. Yeah. You know? Like acknowledging that privilege for two reasons. One, it's very generous when a parent does that. And like, honestly, if they, a lot of parents have the opportunity to do that and they don't care enough to, you know, they're like, it doesn't like, by all means, like my stepdad could have easily bought me a condo like years ago. Yeah. Um, but that was like, that just wasn't what he did. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm really happy too. Cause I earned my house on my own very small but it's mine and um I think that it's really cool when a parent cares enough to like invest in their kid's future and be like I want you guys in a safe place I want you to build a family like yeah you know that's really it's really lovely especially like yeah I mean it just shows like a certain relationship with a parent you know I mean there's probably some assholes like the Operation Varsity Blues people that just put their kids in like nice houses so that they look like upstanding citizens. Speaking of that, (laughs) we have a letter. Greg, do you want to read it? Yeah, Greg. Sure. It's a short one and it's mostly targeted at me. Oh. Targeted at you? Yeah. Wow. Christina's going to get attacked for once. Okay. Hello. Don't need advice. I just have a question for Christina. No idea why I even care about this, but as I listen, I can't stop thinking about it. So you rallied, or you, sorry. So you railed on the shoplifter about her privilege, but didn't seem at all that upset about Olivia J, college scandal girl. Whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> she is the epitome of white rich privilege. Why did the shoplifter get you so angry, but this girl doesn't? I don't get it. Please advise Bruce. <laughs> So I thought about this because, like, I don't mind responding to things like this. I think it's like, you know, you kind of have to when you're I fucking yourself, get called. Out. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's your turn, bitch. No, it's fine. Actually. How's it feel? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go, Bruce. Yeah. No. Oh, this is uh, Aunt Becky's daughter. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's yes. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the thing is, like, 
One thing I want to point out, like, Olivia Jade doesn't listen to this podcast. Also, Olivia <laughs> Jade didn't do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, she did. She had a hand in, like, posing for those photos and stuff like that. I also think she was guided by very bad parents. Yeah. The shoplifters out here just fucking stealing on her own. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, Olivia Jade doesn't listen to this, po- listen to this podcast. There's also the other thing that, like, this is an obvious site of privilege. People know wealth disparities exist. People know that these, there are systems which the wealthy people are rigging to go in their favor. These are very obvious. I also think that, like, as a society, I think a lot of people are aspirationally wealth want to be wealthy. And so we don't come as hard on those things because we kind of want to be able to benefit from those systems as well. Yeah. The other thing is that this woman called us. That's a really good point, Christina. I know. <laughs> this is why we tolerate a level of, like, you know, dirty money stuff that comes from rich people because we, we want to be, be rich yeah. and we want to be able to work the system that, that way Because you like to think, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Like if I had money to throw at it, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not have to worry about legal fees. You can just pay those without a sweat. Sounds nice. Yeah. So the other thing is like this girl called us. She's a listener. I had a chance to directly speak to someone and maybe change their perspective on what they were dealing with. Um, I remember like feeling that way and I'm glad that Greg's here because he was in on that call. We were all listening to it in a, in the car in the Ikea parking lot. Yep. And like, I remember I actually held my response back. So like the fact that he says that I like railed on her is very surprising to me. Comes off a little tone policey, but that's maybe. Well, it also could it. have been because I was so probably on, I was probably so surprisingly empathetic towards her that you in contrast you probably sounded like you went hard when in reality like if anyone goes hard on people on this podcast it's usually me so it was probably just a surprise flavor for you right and people actually commended me after that episode like girl I would have gone even harder on her like people were really like no you brought you brought it with that I did it in a way that was like I felt like I was like trying to do it in a way that she would receive it and it wasn't coming off with like heat but that was more again me putting her comfort ahead of my own yeah, and you so, also have like I will tell you an intensity when you're upset. Yeah, that is I I get I'm scared of it because it's like because like, like you you like, like a, will be like it's like you posture differently and you you open your eyes more <laughs> and you're so direct and it's like um I would be scared if anyone did that if a fucking <laughs> toddler did that to me I'd be like whoa man like (laughs) I'm fucking sorry like if I did something to provoke this like whatever it takes to not I will I will patiently do whatever I need to do to not make you so mad at me right so you do have a power like and you should know that because it's it can be harnessed for good because in my mind I'm like I'm not raising my voice I'm not shouting I'm not you know like so like that's that didn't come across to me but that's like my own self-perception It's a power. It's a powerful thing you have. (laughs) I think the other thing is that, so like highlighting the thing about privilege is like the way we talk about racism in this country, the way we talk about privilege in this country, it's we need to be more cognizant of the systems that enable people to benefit from stuff like law enforcement, how law enforcement polices people of color differently than white people. And so, like, the more we talk about those things, the more we become aware of them. And I think that's why I kind of honed in on this is because this is a part of privilege that we need to be aware of and talk about more. 
And, you know, it's funny, as we're recording this, the hashtag my white privilege is trending on Twitter right now, where people are just talking about, like, this one woman was like, when I was a teenager, I spat in a cop's face, and all he did was drive me home and tell my mom that I was a troublemaker. Right. It's like what she commented on is so much, like, the Olivia Jade thing, like, also, here's the other thing, is that, like, Oh, she's facing, that's the other thing. All They're people, facing criminal punishment to the highest extent in that case as 100%. well. 100%. And and um, also, like, that's, it's more of a class issue yeah. and, and less of, like, a race issue in the sense in that a lot of people were from a lot of different backgrounds who were in this particular scheme. Yes. Um, there was a Latinx family that was uh, trying to get their kids into Georgetown or something like absolutely. that. Absolutely. And um, Dr. Dre just had a, had a thing where he scandal. talked about, how it was like, Oh, I I got my daughter in on her own merit. And it's like, sir, you donated $70 million. (laughs) At the same time, though, that is like, I feel differently with that because she very well could have had the grades and we just don't know that. Absolutely. But um, But it helped to have a name in a building. 100% can't argue that. Um, But all that said, I think that like the thing that with the shoplifting that was so infuriating was that it was meaningless. Like... I can see why buying like your way into your kid into a school that actually can like result in something that could benefit their life in a meaningful way. Yeah. Right. Um, Stealing a fucking some tea bags and and a fancy soap. That is not that is not something that's going to benefit your life in any way. No one even uses those soaps. So I want to bring up the fact that like that shoplifter ended up just getting community service. Whereas I think a lot of other people of color, I mean, there are people serving time in jail right now for For like giving a false address for the kid to be able to go to school. Right. So like these things need to be talked about. We need to highlight that. And that's maybe why my, my passion for that came out in a way that was so direct um, in a way that it didn't for Olivia Jade, because, you know, that's an obvious abuse of privilege that society has agreed that is egregious, but we all kind of want to be able to be entitled to that. And also like, they're facing the highest federal uh, penalties for it. So, And here's the thing. I think that Christina and I are both really disgusted with the parents, especially because of the selfishness of what they did. With, like, in Olivia Jade's case, the girl didn't want to go to college. Yeah. Her parents made her do this. And I will say that I've thought about it a lot over the last week, and one thing that c- keeps coming back to me is, like, when my mom told me to do something and that, like, not to worry about it, I did it usually. And when it comes to something like this, when this girl has had probably everything else be different and special for her her whole life, I don't see why this would appear different to her. The Olivia Jade girl? Yeah. I don't think I don't think that this would appear different to her. And I really think it is on the parents for Telling her that this is okay. Yeah. When you're when you're like 17, it's 18, yeah. you're still very much a kid and like tied to your parents' beliefs. Yep. Like I remember anyone at school that like had sort sort of more radical beliefs in high school, I was like, whoa, like they're really like that's that's bad behavior. Yeah. Like they're not listening to their parents. Yeah. Like you gotta listen to your parents, man. Yeah. And there's plenty of things in life where People don't really enforce the rules, like, you know, just like dumb stuff, like, you, you know, you, you can technically cut in line at this amusement park or whatever. If your parents have, like, been permissive and weird with stuff like that, your behavior is 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 fucked up. Yeah. But you've been poorly influenced. Yeah. And I think that that's also a big difference. This girl, this isn't some 
it the shoplifting is some sort of deep-seated emotional thing, but right. it's her thing. Yeah. This wasn't something that was inherited. This is like something that she is responsible for working on by herself. Yeah. If I thought that the problem with Olivia Jade was that she didn't go to therapy, yeah. that would be <laughs> that would be exactly also yeah. another conversation. Right. And the other thing I want to say is that we played the update. We played the update a couple of weeks ago from the shoplifter. She did thank me for like dinging dinging her, bringing that up to, up bringing that up to her. Um, and I, like, I don't know if I acknowledged it enough at the time, but I was thankful that she was receptive to that message. Like, I'm very thankful that she was receptive to that message. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think I explained myself thoroughly enough to Bruce's points. Yeah. And also like, you know, this is, we're not, we don't have to defend ourselves to Bruce, you know, like I think that Yeah, but I think it's like, I'm fine, like defending like a thing that I'm really... Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, well, I think, like, you, you've explained yourself well, but whether or not Bruce cares about that, it's yeah. like the bride check. It's no, like, know. you know what, Bruce, wh- why why are you more upset? Like, what are you, like, why aren't you why more are you upset, more about upset the at shop? me than well, Olivia Jane? Yeah, and also, why are you more upset about the shoplifter? Like, get a little bit more upset with the shoplifter, Bruce. How did you Bruce? take it? I, I thought he was a little more curious than accusatory. Interesting. Um, But I get how it, some of it could be a little accusatory, but... I thought I, I think me, the whole thing, the whole framework for that curiosity is accusatory. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I see. I was thinking well, of it a, like I don't it's know really... if that's true. Sometimes people can say, "Can you elaborate on that?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, one yeah. One but I also agree that like I feel like I, I, I think very... it's a little bit of like a a bold question because I think that there's pretty obvious differences. Like your point was like a person of color could literally get shot for doing what she did. I don't think that's the case. Or completely ruin their life, uh, have their life ruined by being thrown in jail and having to serve the maximum amount of sentence. Right. Because we often get harsher sentences than a lot of other people in this country. And Operation Varsity Blues is diverse. The only commonality is that they all did something fucked up and they all are rich. And, like, that's the... it's, It's also... Scamming universities is a much more harmful crime than shoplifting. Yeah, I think there's sure. like the scale of it But too. it's like, sure, that is a much more harmful crime. But the crime that this girl did was so senseless. It was yeah. just so dumb. And she knows that. What did you think of the update? Because you were there for the original call. Yeah. No, I loved, I thought it was uh, a great, like, I think I called it adorable. I don't know if that's the right word yeah. for it. What do you it, think but... about her hesitancy to go to therapy, though? Like, she has the ad- appointment set up. I, By the way, you get back to me, girl, if you're collecting the cancellation fee, by the way. <laughs> I'm still upset about that. Um, what do you think about the therapy thing? Putting it off? Yeah. Um, un- uh, very relatable. I think it's, for a lot of people who have never gone before, it could take months to finally want to go I think I, for me it was that way I know people that have been considering going who still haven't gone who um I think there's like it I don't know a little shame to it at first if you don't course. know what it is and then once you know what it is you're like oh my god why isn't everyone doing this always yeah like um I want to get back into this curiosity thing that you were saying because I think what happens a lot in online discourse is that men will get into a woman's mentions mm-hmm. and post something as a question when it's really an attempt to suss out their knowledge on the subject and also like to point out a, a logical fallacy that isn't there. Yeah. Right, right. And no, so and maybe that's what I'm being triggered by. And it could have been that, but I I was just thinking in my own head like 
Wow, it's really cool that like Bruce remembered and processed your response to a call yeah. like many episodes ago and is now bringing it back around to a more recent episode. I was like, what a great listener. Yeah. Like okay. that's how, what I was Maybe that's how like, I have to yeah. look. It depends on the intention. Maybe yeah. it's putting like a yeah. different, yeah. Also like I think that because we don't have a lot of straight men who openly engage with the show assuming Bruce is straight. Yeah. Um, we hadn't even really men that engaged with the show, especially for like a follow-up that like it might appear more like a tr- like the way that it does feel online when it's like I've never even fucking seen you before and you're here like just curious wait like, can I, I just tell you start a conversation and it's like do you want to start a conversation if, or are you trying to look if I were if I were you in the scenario I would also feel that it was accusatory I right think. Yes, I actually yes. like come from a defensive place yes. a little bit but I would I would be feeling the same way like yeah. you're questioning my moral credentials yeah something like that. yeah I appreciate you yeah. See so, uh, yeah, I see your side as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see Bruce be just being curious, and hey. so maybe I shouldn't have come as hard at him, but I don't know. It triggered something in me. Bruce, I thanks for find listening. One from yeah, last. Thank you for listening, Bruce, and holding me to my word. Okay, <laughs> so I tweeted something. I wrote, I um, I tweeted on February twenty uh, seventh. I tweeted, "Is there anything more humbling than a cashier using a counterfeit pen on your twenty dollar bill?" Uh, you couldn't legally, you think I couldn't legally own $20. So this guy, JD Redbees writes back to me, ever been on a whale watch or seen a big waterfall or a volcano or a fucking heavy thunderstorm? Yes. There are things more humbling than what you said. (laughs) And so I wrote back to him, honey, I'm from Massachusetts. I've whale watched more than any human should. (laughs) field trips days off days being handed off a whale can't humble me jk this was a joke for twitter based on real life events not literal thank you like and that's the other thing like i feel like i have to you have to then spend time shutting these trolls down Yeah, yeah yeah and that's like another thing where it's like are you are you just desperate for engagement with a woman yeah like is this like with some people, I'm like, oh, is this your in? You know what I mean? Like, oh, is yeah. this the way that you get my attention? Yeah. Or the other thing that sucks online in general, off topic, and maybe you can speak to this. Like, any time that you talk to a man, I find often, more often than not, um, like, they assume or it is assumed that you're trying to, like, fuck them or something. <laughs> And I have like people will so like be like, oh, my wife, like my wife and I like do this. Like I've had people like one guy like offered me basically like an itinerary for Japan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, they, that would be amazing. Like, do you want to get coffee and Atwater? We can like talk about it. And he was like, oh, well, actually, like my wife is the one who knows about Japan. Um, But she's she's gone right now. Maybe when she comes back, we can talk about. And I'm like, I want to have a fucking coffee. Like, did I like it? I- did I say meet me with a condom at the Los Feliz Motel? Like, I think I do think there is just a natural response, like not wanting to put yourself in a position where something could be uncomfortable or even if someone reaches out and is like, "Oh, that was funny," like or "Oh, no, like, no, no, not like that," but like meeting up for coffee is like an extra level. Did you have a pre-existing relationship? No, this person reached out and said, I would love to help you plan your Japan trip. I know a ton of stuff. My so wife and I go there often. 
I think it was maybe in my Instagram DMs or yeah. like my Twitter, but I had been very open saying like, if anyone like wants to like basically walk me through this, I would really appreciate it because my trip's in two weeks right, and I haven't right, booked right. anything. And he was like, oh, I'd love to tell you about it. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, um, is there any way we could like meet up about with like for a coffee real quick? Like, because like, no, who's going to text out like a plan? You know what I mean? I just like, it wasn't, it couldn't have been less sexual. Like it was yeah. all business, you know? And also like, how dare you? Like, of course, like, of course I'm not trying to fuck you. Like, yeah. are you crazy? Well, maybe he just doesn't want to meet up. Like maybe he just didn't want to be like, I was happy to help you out. No, with but then this. Oh, this says, is more I, than no, what but I was then he said, yeah. no, but then he said, I want to get a coffee with you when my wife is in town with my wife. Yeah, that might be something there with the wife. Then that was this is what my thinking. Right, was. I must be. I don't think I he could, thinks you want to fuck him. I think his wife might feel a way about it. Right. Then maybe, but maybe he shouldn't DM girls in the first place saying, "Hey, I know all about Japan. My wife and I go there." Like he led with he had a wife. Like maybe, I wasn't trying to. Maybe he was feeling guilty about it. He was like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that," or it could be weird. I don't know. I like uh, yeah. literally like it was like. He knew, like, maybe he listens to this podcast or something. It was, like, something, like, he knew me that way. Yeah. So it was kind of, like, I feel like if you know my personality at all. Okay, here's one thing. I remember I said that this guy has a um, – I listened to this podcast, and one of the guys on it is, like, very, very, like, smart and funny. And I said to I said to my friend, I was, like, oh, my God. Like, he's, like, brilliant. I was, like, I would, like – and he was like, oh, you should like go out with him sometime. I was like, I, I would love that. I was like, I think he's like the funniest person. Like I have such like a radio crush on him or something. Literally a year and a half later, a girl walks up to me at a party and says like, hey, just so you know, like so-and-so is like not the best guy. And I'm like, I never even went on a date with him. Like I said to my friend one time, I think he's funny on his podcast. Like... <laughs> And he was like, you should go out with him. I was like, yeah, I'm not really looking for anything right now. But like, I have a huge radio crush on him. That's weird. I'm like, why does the whole fucking town know about this? Like, that's so, like, I, I, did, I never even, I don't even think I follow them on Twitter. That's so weird. It was, the, it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I was like, what, what conversation is happening above my head? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Craig, do you think that like straight, as a straight man? Do you think straight men have trouble navigating, like, relationships with women they're not going to fuck? They're uh, not related to No, them? not necessarily. I yeah. think there's certain situations to avoid. Um, Me and Greg text all the time. Yeah, and the, the, that's, like, a pre-established, like, Tori knows you personally. Homies. I didn't slide into, like, or not that he was, like, sliding into your DM, but I didn't, like, DM a random girl to, like, sh seek out a female friendship randomly kind of yeah thing. like i knew who you were through tori yeah and then like you would always like fave and stuff i was like oh i should follow greg back and then like i just realized we like liked the same shit i love tori i knew you listened to the pod so then like that made sense i i i do think though like for a lot of guys it's really hard yeah no and i and also just what to maybe give him one more out if there's something I don't want to do, I often use my wife as an excuse. <laughs> like, I right. say, like, I'll, I'll love to do that when my wife's back in town. Like, we should all go because she'll want to be there too, or something like that, and have no intention of ever following up on that. Oh, like, are this, you listening to this? That's what this. Oh, she does the same thing. Oh, that's what. That's yeah, like no, the benefit. I'm the primary like... benefit of <laughs> marriage or relationship is 
having an excuse next to you. I'll just get a dog. Yeah. But yeah. I can. I got to go feed the dog. Will you buy something embarrassing in the pharmacy for my wife? Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, here's the tea. Because, like, that's psychotic to me. Because, like, Definitely. how dare you reach out, like, offer something, and then, like, be like, hmm. You know, I got when my wife is it like if he was making an excuse, you are the shittiest person ever. Like, how dare you flip that on me? What yeah. an odd move. I'm sure your wife does have some trust issues, to be honest. You seem like a strange doc. PBH. Um, but keep listening to the pod. Um wanna do another call? Uh it's almost it's two fifteen right now. Oh my god, girl, we gotta wrap it up. Greg, I could talk to you all day. Yeah, this is what a breeze. Do you have any free advice before we leave? A little nugget of advice that we didn't get to today? Uh don't look at your phone the first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. How long do you wait? Uh I don't always keep to this, but I try to get up, stretch, have a little morning quiet time and you then stretch get to first the phone. Thing? I have been, yeah. I'm thinking about getting an old school like alarm clock just so like I don't use my phone as a clock. Yeah. So that because then you get sucked into like answering emails or looking at Twitter or checking your notifications. Helps so, with like, anxiety. If I can have that yeah. Bridge. How are you gonna know if it's not nine eleven? And I knew she was gonna. And <laughs> I, I knew that was. Well, like around. I'm sorry. Like, would you feel great to have your cup of coffee and then open your phone and realize a thousand people have died and you're it's like, on- oh, glad I got my stretches in, like. And I have to spend the rest of the day fucking trying to panic and call my family. You couldn't have prevented it. There's nothing yeah. you could have done in that time. If you're on Do Not Disturb, if anyone's trying to call you in an emergency, they would I'd have called. I'd feel guilty. They would have gotten through enough right. times. But you don't touch your phone, so you wouldn't have been there. Well, it might be near me. I might have it near me in case that happens. Do you keep yeah. your ringer on? Um, No. I haven't had my ringer on in years. That vibrates loud enough. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. I would rather have like Yeah, Yeah, like I'd rather have like a little like chime. But it's always maddening when you're in an office and someone hasn't turned it off and their phone is going off. You're like, who in this era still has a ring? Well some sir if you know a surface isn't as uh noisy with the vibrate, I might switch it like uh, there's an area of the kitchen counter for some reason I can't hear the vibrate on. Yeah. So I'll flick it if I'm walking into the other room. Yeah. You know who's a real sick fuck? Someone who has ever had Bohemian Rhapsody as their um, oh, ringtone. That's like one song where it's like if that came on every time my phone rang, great song. I'd kill myself. Yeah. I hate um, I, yeah, I can't stand. I refuse to see the movie. I, I just can't. I can't. That's self-care. Yeah. Um, not having that ringtone. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Greg, you're the best. Go Lisi on Twitter. That's right. L-I-S-I. Looking for another smooth three. And um, Greg, thank you for the apology. I really appreciate thank it. You for the candle. I think everyone got closure on that. Yeah. Right? Guys yeah. at home, take a deep breath. Uh, <laughs> you guys are the best. Thank you, Christina. You're the best. Bruce, you know, we'll see. TBD on Bruce. Um, <laughs> send us your stats, Bruce, and your true intentions. Wagon stuff, I love you. What are you eating? All right. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Shh.